Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be back here with you this week, serving up real, raw conversations about personal and spiritual growth. Cha, cha, cha. Okay, did a shoulder should be there again. <laughs> Hi, how are you? How's your week going? I hope it's amazing. I have just so many fun things to talk about today. I'm like super, super, super pumped about this week's episode. So I'm just going to start out with a huge thank you today. Gratitude, my favorite thing. Big, big, big thank you to Ariel Rose for making a contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. From the bottom of my root chakra, thank you. I am so, so grateful that you made a contribution to the show. You are helping to make this show possible. Believe it or not, there are some costs associated with um, hosting a podcast, and you are literally helping to cover the finances of the show. So I really, really appreciate it. For those of you that are like, what is this tip jar? You can visit the tip jar at sarahcohan.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. And there you will see all the different ways to support the show. There's one-off donations, there's recurring donations through our Patreon, and on the Patreon, I give you so many fun bennies like spiritual practices and tools and personal growth tools from guests of the show. So for September, we had an amazing, amazing shadow work exercise. I love me some shadow work, as you all know. It is from the very talented shadow work coach, Rachel Besser. And this month, we have a really exciting tarot tool from the very fabulous Lindsay Mack, who was just on the podcast a couple weeks ago. So that's not posted yet. It'll be up after the 15th. So sign up now so you can get that tool. And then we have all kinds of other fun things like voting and a monthly meditation from yours truly. That's me. <laughs> so thank you. If you if you are considering supporting the show, I really appreciate it. And if you are also just supporting the show by listening and sharing with your friends, I appreciate it. Another way to support the show is to write me a review on Apple Podcasts app. There are several different ways that you can support. All different methods are appreciated. So thank you. Please. Thank you. Please and thank you. (laughs) All right. So for this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about projection because even though I thought I knew what projection is, and I definitely knew, I feel like I have a way deeper understanding. And so I'm going to walk you through some recent projections that I was making. I'm going to share an interesting projection interview that I was watching and really change my mind about what projection is. And then at the end, I'm going to go through the four questions from one of my favorite teachers, Byron Katie, to really work through projection. I'm so excited. And the word projection is just so fun. So stick around. I know you're like, "Mm, am I projecting right now? I don't know. The answer is that we're all projecting at all the times because that is a human experience. So stick around. It's going to be fun. And then today for my check-in, I always start every episode with a check-in. And what I'm going to do for today's episode is do a land acknowledgement. And I'm going to talk about why it's important to do a land acknowledgement. So this week we celebrated Indigenous Peoples Day. And this is 
I think, a really special day. And I didn't fully understand. I'd heard of land acknowledgments, but I didn't really fully understand why we do them until this year. And of course, I've got some white guilt just coming up right when I said that because I (laughs) hate to admit that I'm not the most inclusive person. And so I'm just going to own that right now. Hey, white guilt, I see you. I feel you. I know why you're here. Thank you. And so I'm going to say, I'm going to explain to you why we're doing an acknowledgement, and then I'm going to do one. So guys, this land where I'm recording on, which is San Francisco, is sitting on occupied Ohlone territory. And the reason that I say occupied is that the Ohlone tribe never consented in a fair way to ceding this land to... (laughs) the different countries, Mexico, Spain, and then the United States. So the way that indigenous people have been treated in this country is pretty atrocious. I'm not proud of it. And I think one of the ways that I can begin to make up for that and process what has happened by previous leadership in this country is to acknowledge it. And I have done so many different diversity trainings. And in one of the most recent trainings that I did, the person talking was sharing about being in a biracial uh, relationship. And he talked about how studies have shown that speaking and communicating and acknowledging the fact that being in a biracial relationship where opportunities and privilege are not available in the same way to both parties because of their different racial racial backgrounds is so, so, so important. So saying it out loud, having that conversation, being able to talk about these issues that are so prevalent and rampant and need need to be acknowledged. So that's what I'm doing with this land acknowledgement. And I'm truly also want to add that so many of the practices that I use today, including meditation, yoga nidra, and manifestation, as well as several of my spiritual practices, including smudging. I know that that can be a very triggering concept, so I do apologize. But smoke clearing, all of these things are have roots in indigenous practices and indigenous culture. And more often than not, it's really sad to see that white people have taken these cultural rituals and profited off of it, which leaves the indigenous people not profiting off of something that is so sacred to them. And so in align with that, I think that having an land acknowledgement is another way to just acknowledge and give back and be so incredibly grateful for the indigenous practices and rituals that I use in my everyday life and that were probably really unfairly taken and then really unfairly abused and then profited on. So here we go. The Lit AF podcast is recorded on occupied Ohlone territory, and I acknowledge the ancestors that conserved this land previously and continue to do so today. I'm just having a moment of silence and gratitude for them. 
of course, a great way to give back during this holiday is to donate to a local indigenous tribe in your area. Um, that's an easy Google search. I highly recommend doing that. It's um, an amazing way to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. Thank you. All right. So now let's get into this week's episode about projection. Here we go. Okay. So I am so excited today to talk about projection. Why? (laughs) I had a few recent experiences with projection and really realizing just exactly how much I am projecting. And this involved a a community that I'm in, a social community, as well as um, an interview process that I've been going through recently. So I actually just want to start kind of like back where this little mind nugget began. And a friend of mine, Megan Spriggs, shout out Megan, is currently studying psychology. And she sent me a video clip from an interview that was conducted by a psychologist called Fritz Pearls. And it's in the style of gestalt therapy. And the patient's name is Gloria. So if you're on YouTube, I want to give full credit to where this is coming from. The YouTube video is called Fritz Pearls and Gloria Counseling 1965 Full Session. And it's posted by Duncan S. on May 14th, 2013. So Gloria, during this session, is just projecting all over the place. So I've heard this many times that a therapist is a neutral party. I actually think that many experiences in our lives are neutral experiences. And when triggers come up, it's really just past trauma. Of course, if there's active, abusive things going on, I think that's far beyond projection. And of course, I recommend seeing a therapist start to work through that situation. But... When we're just talking about being in a conversation, the therapist, Fritz Pearls, is a completely neutral party. And the patient, Gloria, goes off on all these tangents during the interview about how he is superior to her and that she feels really anxious and she wishes she could just hide in the corner. And then she kind of starts oscillating between like really calling him out for being superior to her and then wanting to coddle him and like making all these jokes. So it became very clear while watching. I'm going to play you a clip of the interview in just a second. But it became very clear during the interview that Miss Gloria, who was chain smoking the entire interview, which I love, she's wearing a gorgeous 50s house dress, like pearls, like it it is captured a moment in time for sure in 1965. But she is a fearful avoidant. And I don't want to get too stuck on this idea of being a fearful avoidant attachment style, although that is my attachment style, as as has come up in the past couple of episodes with Rachel Besser and then with um, Taryn Newton-Gill, is that attachment style really is just the strategies that we're currently using. They're the outdated program. 
And we're trying to get into a new program of secure attachment in order to start to foster healthy relationships, state needs, have boundaries. I think that that's the point of attachment style. So for me to be able to see this amazing patient in her full groovy glory, oscillating between all her different core wounds with an extremely neutral party. And I don't necessarily think Gestalt therapy is like the best therapy, but it's so interesting because it really brings out her true attachment style. I got to see how someone with similar strategies as mine operates with their strategies. And I got to see at the very core of it, all of the projections that she was putting onto the therapist and having other people be very superior is one of my absolute go-to projections. And so I'm going to play this clip here. Okay, don't be so cocksure yourself. Don't think you're so doggone smart. Don't act so proud because you've never been in the corner. I think you can be just as big a phony parading around like you're so damn smart and you know all the answers as much as me sitting in my corner. Oh, and I like the feeling of you being younger. Yeah. I'd like to really, I'd like to embarrass you. Yeah, embarrass me. Well, you, Tell me what you the wouldn't get embarrassed. You seem unaffected. Tell me, embarrass me. Tell me how odd, how ugly I am. <clears throat> you don't look old and ugly, you look distinguished. And that gives you, that's all the more on your side. If you look so distinguished, then see. That's more on your side, too. Well, Gloria, can we say one thing? We had quite a good fight. No, I know. Mm -mm. No. I mean, there's so much here. Him looking distinguished and that being that meaning that he's superior to her. <laughs> and then she, in the beginning of the interview, talks a lot about how she feels that he thinks that she's phony. And I've been called fake so many different times of my life, from my family, beyond. And I just kept looking. I mean, my jaw was like on the on the table while I was watching this video. I was like, these are all my fears coming out in a way where she's like, very feistily actually saying her projections and fears out loud. And I pretty rarely say my projections and fears out loud because in the past I haven't felt safe. I was afraid of rejection and I didn't feel like I could have needs or boundaries. Obviously I'm in a different place now, but to be able to see her just railing on him with all of the projections in her mind was pretty mind blowing. So I heard this or watched this and you know, it's kind of just going about my daily routine. <laughs> and um, I noticed that I was projecting into this beautiful community that I'm part of. So this amazing community communicates in several different ways. And I was a leader of this community right around till May of this year when I stepped back in order to put more energy into my own business and start my own membership program and foster the community of listeners like you. And stepping away from the community meant that I was no longer in control, that I was no longer seen as a leader with power. And it also meant that I was disappointing people because I was no longer offering all these things that I was doing. 
I was now doing it for something else. And that meant that anytime that I was asking for something from for this group, they were going to be tainted by all these background stories that I had going on in my communication. And I mean, we all know we get back what we put out, right? <laughs> so I'm going, you know, kind of limping along. I mean, this all happened and this change happened in May and now we're in October. So it's been a couple months, about five months. And I've just been limping along and holding all of these projections in my brain being like, oh, I know this is because of this. This is because of this. And I was feeling like I wasn't being seen or validated or um, respected in the group. I think respect is something that Gloria talks about by the end of the interview as being something that she really needs. As I'm limping along, I finally share with a friend of how I'm feeling. And I'm like, I know that I'm projecting in this group. And so I think I'm going to let them know that I'm projecting in this group and then ask for their support. And I felt really good about that. And I, you know, I couldn't wait to do it. But then, you know, life took over and I didn't necessarily prioritize it. So cut to me last week negotiating for a job. So I'm really excited to share that I got a job. Woohoo! I've been talking about getting a job for like maybe since the beginning of this podcast and now I've got one. So I'm really excited and it's going to be some really meaningful work. And I just, I feel like I'm stepping into a really cool role, which is really exciting. But during the negotiation process, it was a roller coaster to my nervous system to ask for what I want, stand by what I wanted, and then (laughs) start to notice the projections and stories that I was telling myself during the negotiation process. So holy freaking moly, the projections that were coming up were, oh, if I ask for more, that means they're going to expect more from me and I'm going to have to work harder to prove that I'm worth that amount of money. Like, uh, what? Really the projections, I mean, they're insidious. Like, I didn't even realize that that was one of my truths until I started journaling being like, okay, what's going on here? Like, let's talk about all of the ideas that I have during this negotiation process. (sighs) Another one was being disrespected during the interview process because I wasn't necessarily getting what I had asked for. That is huge. I mean, this is a negotiation. We're both giving and taking, like we're both learning about each other through the process. And so I have to, I felt like I wanted to ask for more in order to get more, but I didn't necessarily get my top ass met, if that makes sense. But I did get my like bottom line met. So I'm really proud of myself for that. But holy moly, my nervous system was shot. I was just like, I needed validation. I needed support. And so I went to this group as I normally do. And with all these, all the whole backstory projections in my brain about me leaving and disappointing the group and all of the things, I boldly wrote a text about how I was negotiating a job and I just needed support and validation from the group. And I think I sent the text at like, 7 p.m., something like that. And by the time I was going to bed at midnight, I had heard back from one person, which is pretty uncommon. And it shook me. (laughs) I was just like, all my stories are true. Everything that I've always like feared is becoming reality. And I knew this and I should have started with an apology text, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) So as I'm going to sleep, I'm like, you know what? 
you're projecting again. Do you see this? It's projection upon projection upon projection. So the like the last layer of the story is that I was being invalidated by no one responding rather than realizing, oh, everyone's busy. Oh, maybe I should just ask directly to the people in the group that I, I have that relationship with to get that need met. <laughs> oh, maybe people are having a bad day. I mean, there's so many other realistic things, but I'm so caught up in my own projection that that has to be true. So then I wake up the next morning and the text chain just kind of like starts lighting up and I decide to continue the conversation and say, I'm really struggling with this projection during this interview process that if I ask for more, then I'm going to have to work harder to prove my worth. And then that just like blew up and everyone was talking about that and like giving me all the validation that I needed. And it was so beautiful. And I just was laughing at the fact that I had all these stories in my head about not being, having, having that need met. And then someone else added to the text chain, you know, Hey, I'm really struggling today. It's the new moon in Libra. Is anyone else like struggling? And then everyone was like, Oh my God, I'm struggling so hard. And then the text chain just like blew up with like all of these different threads and conversations about how everyone was feeling. And it just, it made me just laugh at how like my, I was committed to my story so hard. Like that was the truth of like, I had disappointed this group and therefore they weren't going to be able to support me. Then I had an in-person meetup with this community today and I just spilled the tea on all my projection stories in the background and Gloria and Fritz and how I was feeling about the group and then how I showed up needing help. And then the stories that I told myself about knowing being able to respond. And then everyone just was today was like, oh, well, I just met you. I didn't feel like I was the appropriate person to respond. Oh, just because someone didn't have time to respond doesn't mean that they don't actually support you. It was just like, oh my God, not even, <laughs> not even me consoling myself after the fact can display all of the truths that were available. All the truths that were actually true in that moment. And it felt so incredibly wonderful to just be honest about my projections. And this group is truly an incredible group. They held me and they were just like, girl, we love you. Thank you for sharing. It felt amazing. Just absolutely amazing. And as I'm moving forward with this new job, I will continue to crack my projections left and right as they are coming up. Because let's be real, there's going to be more. And I'm really looking forward to having a container that I'm really excited about in order to work through these projections. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing, talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available, and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. 
If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much. So that's my projection story. I feel like this is pretty life-changing for me because I no longer trust, and I don't want to, I want to be very specific in the way that I say this. I can no longer trust the stories that are popping up in my brain. That doesn't mean I can't trust my brain. I do trust my brain. Fear has an appropriate place in our lives. And the stories that my brain is coming up with are very, the smartest way that my brain knew how to deal with trauma growing up. That being said, (laughs) I can no longer trust these ridiculous fantasies that have a negative bias because of how the brain works (laughs) ever, ever. And I, and I think this means when I'm talking to someone at the grocery store and I'm feeling disrespected, I can't trust that. I am like, I am just shocked. I like all of the core wounds that Gloria is talking about. I have felt so many times. I'm going to tell a really embarrassing story right now. I think I've actually told this before in the podcast, but I'm going to tell it again. So recently I went to a gas station and I was like kind of stressed where it was late to help my friend with her wedding. And we were going to be in the wedding, but I didn't find out until the day before to hold the hoopa. And so, you know, all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to be on display. I don't have my nails done. Like I had to get all this shit ready. So we're running late. We're hurrying. It's fast. It's smoky at the time. I feel like that's relevant because it was just a stressful time in California. We get to this gas station in the suburbs of the Bay and we need to get ice. So I'm tasked with getting the ice. I go inside. I tell the um, man at the counter that I need four bags of ice and I put my credit card in to buy the ice and it's declined. And I'm like, dude, I have money. I don't understand why this is happening. I use a different card. Declined. So I'm getting really frustrated personally. And then I realize I have cash. So I just pay with cash. And the man behind the counter is meanwhile talking on his cell phone the entire time to someone else in a different language. And I'm just getting so frustrated because I feel like I am being disrespected. Like he's not, (laughs) I'm flustered, I'm stressed, and he's not giving me the attention that I needed at the time to feel respected. So he gives me the keys to go outside to get ice out of the, the freezer. At this point, I'm like actually horrified that he would hand me keys that I have to go open the freezer. Like, I'm just laughing. So I am Gloria. I'm Gloria. Chain smoking on the couch right now. Projection, 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 projection. So I go outside and I'm like, I unlock the freezer. I get the ice out. We're with friends. And I'm like so frustrated. I decide that I'm going to quote unquote get back. This is a very vindictive mindset that I was in. I'm going to get back at this guy for disrespecting me by not leaving that freezer locked and leaving the keys outside. My friends were horrified that I wanted to do this. And I really put my foot down. I was like, please let me do this. Like, just let me have this. And then we left the parking lot and I felt so incredibly guilty 
so incredibly guilty because what if that man's store keys were on the keychain? What if he was on the phone with a family member that was in the hospital and he was unable to have a conversation with me because there was a clearly a much bigger emergency going on? What if he handed me those keys because he was the only one running the store that day and he did not have time to do that? It was an ugly, ugly moment. And my husband definitely checked me on it and was like, is it because of the color of his skin? Did that have any effect on your decision to leave those keys outside of the store? And I thought about that for a second. And I actually, <laughs> I actually think that if it was a white man, especially a like older white man, that I would have like ethically lost my shit on him. And that to me is worse <laughs> in some way. And uh, who knows which behavior is worse. I'm not proud of either one. And I literally cannot believe that I'm telling this on the podcast, but here we are. So this moment in time has really stuck with me as me not acting secure, me being vindictive, trying to like get back at someone. And then most importantly, me feeling disrespected. And instead of asking for my needs being met, which would have, which would have been so simple, excuse me, would you mind putting the person on hold for a second while I do this? Excuse me. I would have loved if you had put your phone down while we were talking. That's all I could have said. That's all I needed to say (laughs) instead of acting out and yeah, getting back at him. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed right now. This is a wonderful moment of projections and I, I really think that now that I've gone through this Gloria and Fritz interview, that I've seen the light with how I treat social situations, social groups, other people with my own projections and my stories. I really feel like this is a game changer. So I wanted to share this with you in case this is helpful at all to you. And I want to finish with the work of Byron Katie because her work is really getting at the core of projections in an amazing way. And I want to say that like, while realizing projections is so powerful, not honoring emotions is a really quick way to just bypass this whole process (laughs) and go back to old programming. Being able to honor your emotions is the quickest way to process them, own them, and live the entire full human experience. So I'm going to go through the four questions that Byron Katie has put together. And this PDF is available on her website. Her website is called thework.com. At the top right, there is a button called Downloads. And this is from the Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet, which is available in like probably 30 different languages or maybe more, which is just amazing. She's just amazing. So in this worksheet, she talks about like describing the situation, figuring out what you want to change. What advice would you offer them? What is your need to be happy in the situation? What's your judgment of the person in the situation? And then what about this person or situation do you ever want to experience again? And then the most important to me part of this is the four questions. So once you've like really journaled out your experience, (laughs) then you ask yourself these four questions. Is it true? Yes or no? If no, move to the question three. Now, is it true? 
this is the question that I've gotten stuck on so many different times because I've believed my own stories so incredibly deeply. So if you are wondering, is it true? I just want you to go back and listen to this episode again to pick out the moments where I truly believed that my own stories were actually true, especially the part about the text chain of thinking if they don't respond to me, that means that they are mad at me. They're disappointed in me. They don't respect me because just because someone doesn't respond doesn't actually mean all of those things. They can still want to support me and validate me and not respond. And then that's why the second question comes along. Can you absolutely know that it's true? Basically, (laughs) the answer to both these questions should always be no. (laughs) But sometimes your brain is so smart and so caught up in its own story that you really desperately want it to be true. So that's why she puts that question in again, because (laughs) you just want to maybe fact check your, your brain. That is so, ooh, well, as, as a world, we are, we are worshiping the brain. So I just want you to double check that. Then the third question, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And this to me is like, what is the cost of believing this thought? What is the cost of thinking that this group didn't want to support me? It's costing me so much. It is costing me being my authentic self. It is costing me like not accepting their validation and their seeing of me. Like there are probably so many different moments that I've missed from the last couple of months where people were truly connecting, celebrating me, supporting me. And I probably missed it just because I was so caught up in the, no, they don't, no, no, they're disappointed in me. So there's so many different costs. And I think that that's what that question is really getting at. And then the fourth question is, who or what would you be without this thought? So this is kind of like, how how could you operate if you didn't believe this thought? And there's, you know, she's got an emotions list that you can look at and you can talk about all the different emotions that you're going to feel. And then this is my absolute favorite thing. So now that we've done the four questions, you turn the thought around. And this is the super fun part because that's when you start to feel like whenever I do this work, like I feel it in my sacral chakra when I turn it around. I'm like, oh, and this is not, I just want to preface this by saying this isn't an exercise to add more shame to your life. I think I used to do this exercise wanting to shame my life or shame myself because I love, I'm, you know, in this like shame addiction cycle. Clearly I was a smoker. (laughs) I was an alcoholic. Like I love me some shame. So this exercise is not necessarily here to be another way to show yourself that you were wrong or that you did it bad or whatever. I think that turning the thought around is just a way to see the different sides of how your truth may or may not be so incredibly silly. And it shows your brain a different truth that you can get behind that's not maybe as as harmful to you. So I'm just going to use the my previous example of I have disappointed this group. Okay, so when we turn the thought around, I say I disappointed me, not the group. And then I say 
the group disappointed me. Mm, that one doesn't really feel as good, <laughs> but maybe that's true. Like maybe I was disappointed by them and that's okay. The group didn't disappoint me. And then the group, if they didn't disappoint me, the opposite of disappointment would be approval, I would say. The group approved of me. How powerful is that? I love these exercises because it's just a different puzzle piece to bring your brain around and be like, yo, what about this being true? Oh, hate it. What a second. Can we just like pause the subconscious narrative right now and like put some other like truths in there and see what sticks? It's a really great way to just like stop the projection as it's happening. So fun. It is so fun. So that's Byron Katie. Highly recommend checking her out. During the pandemic, I know she was doing a live Zoom every single week. She's just amazing. She's just so amazing. And I think that being able to get to a certain point with my shame addiction cycle has really helped to take her work to the next level. All right. That's what I have to say about projection. I really hope you found this both entertaining <laughs> and helpful. And I just want to give a huge shout out to Fritz Pearls and Gloria for their amazing interview. The interview is available on YouTube. It's super long. I really found it to be so incredibly powerful to watch and be able to see someone else using the strategies that I picked up in childhood and see like see the effect that they have on how she's operating in the world. And you guys, that was from 1965. That's over 50 years ago. Like, I just love that that was 50 years ago and, and my brain still gets caught up in those same loops. Like we as a society haven't yet evolved out of those. And that's what the work that we're doing today is where we are getting to end those narratives. We're ending ancestral trauma. We are like bringing, we are bringing ourselves into this new paradigm that I've heard so many different people talking about. And that to me is so exciting. Just so exciting. Um, it gives us a new future. It gives us a new outlook on life. It really makes us think that anything is possible. It's amazing work. Amazing work. All right. As always, if you are working through a projection right now and you want to talk about it, send me a message. I would love to hear from you. This has been super fun. <laughs> Thank you so, 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 so much for listening. I will see you back here next week. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.